Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. This is a night of prophecy. A night of prophecy. And on nights like this, you have to be attentive. Because the person preaching is not the only one you are meant to pay attention to. As the preaching is going on, the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 10, that whilst Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them that heard the words. Hallelujah. So there are encounters... In between the teaching of the word, before the teaching of the word, after the teaching of the word, be attentive. And as I minister, the angels of the Lord are ministering in this place. I'm not saying it by motivation. I'm saying it as a statement of fact. So I want you to be ready. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, what I have is so long, but I'm going to try to cut it short so that we'll have enough time to pray. Because in the first place, we're here because there was not enough time on Tuesday. So I want to make sure that doesn't happen again. Hallelujah. James chapter 4. You know, if anyone should ask, what the secret of my life is, if there is any such thing, what I'm about to share with you is what it is. There is a name for it. I call it supernatural leadership. That divine ability to find yourself at the right place, at the right time, Doing the right things with the right people. It's supernatural leadership. And the leadership I'm talking about is first and foremost personal. I'm not talking about leading people. Well, it functions. You, you see expressions when it comes to leading people. But supernatural leadership. I believe with all my heart that since I got filled with the Holy Ghost, I have not wasted a single month of my life and that everything that God would was to have me do I was able to discover many of them I have started hallelujah many of them I'm about to start I know it's, it takes such audacity for me to tell you that I am where God will have me be in destiny it takes such audacity, but it's true. And that doesn't mean that I cannot do better than I'm doing. It simply means at least I'm at the right place. And that's what we're here to talk about. Many of you are discovered as I was calling you guys. I'm still calling you guys. There are so many. <laughs> you know, I still made some calls this morning. And I asked, 
every person I called. What would you like me to pray about? And it turns out that because of the average demography of this church and the members of this church, a lot of people had career as their prayer points. Oh, I just finished NYC. Many people said, I'm trusting God for a specific leading on what to do. One even said today, should I return to Lagos or stay in Abuja? You know, so I just said that so that you will understand that this sermon is very strategic for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because, in fact, you're so blessed and so privileged to be able to hear this on time. So that you can know for sure where God will have you go. I'm here to make sure by the Spirit of God that none of you waste your time anymore. Say loud, amen. Amen. That the errors of your life will be corrected tonight. Every fruitless venture that you are involved in, you are stepping out of it by revelation. And it doesn't matter the disparity between where you are and where you ought to be. By the spirit of God and his mercy and grace, you are aligned with destiny. You are aligned with prophecy. Well, that's why we're here. But I want to show you something first. I want to talk to you, first of all, about the natural destiny of man. What is obtainable for the natural man. Look at James chapter 4 verse 13. James chapter 4 verse 13. This is one strange text that many faith people like to avoid. But it's right there. You know what it says? Reading from the NIV, it says, Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go into this city or that city, spend a year, carry on business and make money. He says, why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. As I prepared this sermon, I thought about my upbringing, how I grew up. And... I can tell you safely and with all sense of humility and moderation that I was born to a rich home. You see, every child in my house had a bank account, had money in it. Open for us by our dad. We had the international passports. We, I grew up to see six cars in the house. It, it was a choice. Praise the name of the Lord. My dad would travel overseas just to buy us clothes. And we, we, I can go on and on to give you examples. I think I've given you one before. My dad bought um, a 505 Cheroba, you know, brand new. And he was driving it. And I was at the back looking, you know, at the, you know, looking through the glass. And I saw a Benz vehicle coming from behind. 
and just came from far and overtook my dad. And I said, ah. I can't remember how I said it verbatim, but I said, what just happened? And my dad said, well, <laughs> that was my earlier school on dance. <laughs> so you know where it all started. <laughs> so my dad said, well, that's... <laughs> and I said, I don't like this guy again. I want you to buy a Benz. And he did. I'm just saying that for you to know how comfortable things were. But one evening, I saw a truck driving to our house. And they began to offload furniture, office furniture, from the truck. It was my dad's office furniture. And I kept asking, Daddy, Mommy, what's going on? And nobody, you know, African parents, nobody nobody wanted to explain. The next day, Daddy didn't go to work. He walked from home. He said he just wanted, you know, to do something different. But that different thing, you know, it continued. The next day, next month, three months after. And then our meals began to change. It, came, it became very bad. We turned to farmers. We're planting vegetables in the compound. All the properties gone. The house in Kano sold. The house, we're selling things. For the first time in my life, school fees became a prayer point. The, the first time they brought it up in devotion, I was shocked. That's when I knew that <laughs> something has happened. Hallelujah. And then my dad, who was the breadwinner of the whole world, sent all my, my mother's siblings to school, trained them, gave one of our brothers his first job, gave him company cap. He had three companies. But then, one of these, my uncles, began to do so well. And one of the most heartbreaking moments in my mother's life, probably, was one day, (laughs) we faced reality. If we don't ask for help, no school fees next session. So they sent one of my brothers, please go to uncle so-and-so's house. And asked for money. money. And so my brother came back with a message from Uncle So-and-So, who my dad trained, gave his first job, gave him a company car. And Uncle So-and-So says, tell your parents to cut their coat according to their size. If they cannot afford private school, let them send their children to public school. True life story. My mother fell on the floor and started weeping. Hallelujah. Now, the Bible says, you say to yourself, oh, next year I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. It says, <laughs> who gives you that right? You don't know what it tomorrow holds. It says, you should, you should say, if the Lord wills. You know, I'm here to talk about, first of all, the natural destiny of man. The natural destiny of man is... is it's so interesting. 
Because no matter what you have today, it is not certain. It is not certain. The Bible says that money can grow wings and fly away. Trust me, I've seen it. I've seen it happen. It flew away. Praise the name of Jesus. I remember when we started eating meat again. I'm letting you know how bad it was. And how that was a sign that things are getting better. Meat. That, it, it was only on birthdays. People's, if you saw meat in my house that period, you know someone is celebrating birthday. So why is the earth like this? Why is it that even the bliss of today is not guaranteed tomorrow? Why is it like that? I'm here to talk about the future. What guarantee do you have? Why is it that the kings of yesteryears are slaves today? And some slaves from yesteryears are kings today. So, what is the hope of the future? Can anybody have any such hope? Why is it that nothing good is guaranteed for a natural man? Can I tell you this? You know, in relationship, for instance, they tell you, this is how to choose the right person, this is how to choose the right person. But one thing nobody appears to say is that people change. The person that was right today might be wrong tomorrow. Are you aware? Think about yourself, who you were seven years ago. Think about yourself now. Have you changed? Now, there is every tendency (laughs) that the person you end up with does not like the future you. I'm talking naturally. Wise men have become foolish. Check around. 2 a.m. Two days ago, my wife, you know, showed me something. We were both awake. One of her childhood heroes on relationship, you know, that talked about how to choose the right person, choose with God and all of that. Now the guy is divorcing his wife. And from all indications, at least, let's say, he's become sympathetic to the LGBT community. And, you know, he said, I apologize. You know, and then he said, I'm no more a Christian. Praise the Lord. Now, what is that woman supposed to do? That guy was the perfect husband just years ago. What can you really hold on to that will last in this lifetime? Naturally speaking, nothing. And a lot of people have even spiritualized this sense of hopelessness. It's in the songs. This world is not my own. I am just... And honestly speaking, (laughs) it's almost like a safe way to live. don't, Don't put your mind on anything because these things will pass away. Take the whole world and give me Jesus. Now, this is not an excuse for those who overemphasize materialism and all of that. But there is another extreme. 
There is another extreme. When it comes to health, there is another extreme. How do you know that you will not be sick and hopeless tomorrow and people will have to carry you about? How do you know that you'll be able to afford a meal tomorrow? So it seems like there is a natural principle in this world. Everything material can fly away. However, in the word of God, you see some people who appear to have such an unfair advantage. And you're wondering, what's going on? Why is this one different? I'm going to start with Jesus and you say, oh, because it's Jesus. Hold on. The moment he was born, everything changed. Even the stars began to play the role of Google Map, leading people to the manger. He was not in a five-star hotel. Yet, influential people met him there, honored him there. Shepherds by the fl- that watched their flock by night, they saw angels rejoicing in the sky. Something had happened. Praise the Lord. Every step he took was ordained. Every step. Every step. When he went to the temple for dedication, there he met met a prophetess who God had told the Messiah was coming and was waiting because God had told her until she sees the Messiah, she will not die. And now she's old. Every step he took, the coincidences were ordained. Even, Even in the epistles he's spoken of. In the scriptures is spoken of. It says in the volumes of the book, it is written of me. It says, Lo, I come to do your will, O God. There was no lack in his life. When it was time for the, the last supper or the Lord's supper, he just said, go to the master of that house and tell him, where is the place you have prepared for me? He spoke as if creation was destined to provide for him. And it was. Everything in nature obeyed him, aligned with his destiny. He was in control. He could sleep when the boat he was in was sinking. There was a sense, a consciousness And when the disciples were getting perturbed, he got up and he rebuked the wind. People were marveled. What kind of man is this? Praise the name of Jesus. Or you want to talk about Abraham. He was not the most decent man, frankly speaking. He made many mistakes. On one occasion, just to save his life, he readily gave his wife, lied that she was his sister. But God didn't care. God showed up in Abimelech's room in the night and said, boy, you are dead. The man said, what do I do? Abraham was not recorded to have prayed a prayer. What is it about some people's destiny that makes God take things personal. Hallelujah. 
what is the interplay between the free will of man and the sovereignty of God? Can God influence the outcomes of my life? I know that fundamentally my life is a product of choice. But even that is if all things are equal and all things are never equal. They say your life is a product of choice. You are working very hard. You get a good degree. But nepotism, by nepotism, that dollar in your class has a better job than you do. Do you understand what I'm saying? So what is the interplay? Where do we strike the balance? Can God influence my future? Turn your Bibles, Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. Not enough time, so I'm just going to read. It says, I'm Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which was, which is, and which is to come, the Almighty. Listen, I've explained this, and there are so many things to say about this verse. But my emphasis today is this. If it says, I am Alpha and Omega, beginning and the ending, I am the one who was, who is, and who is to come. He's telling you that there was never and there never will be a time in creation where God was out of control. Is that simple enough? There has never been a time in creation where God was out of control. Where he lost control to humanity. Yes, human beings have free will. But their free will are within or is within the boundary of his sovereignty. Can I tell you something? You know, someone put it this way. He says, free will is proof that God is sovereign. Because a God who is less than sovereign can never bestow free will. Can I tell you something? Some of you have, who have overprotective parents. All right. And the reason they are overprotective is because they are not sovereign. Whenever you go somewhere that they cannot protect you, they become anxious. So the fact, it, listen, it takes power to allow freedom. It takes power. So it's almost as if God is saying, do whatever you like, but my counsel will not be threatened. My purpose will still stand forever. Say loud amen. Let me tell you this. You know, some, some days ago, my wife came into the room. Usually, my routine is, immediately I come back from work, it is family time. So, I just begin to play with the kids. So, I was on the bed with Nadia, playing. She was jumping and all of that. But she will crawl to the edge of the bed, and I will just catch her, pull her back. Crawl to the edge of the bed. Some of you know what I'm saying. The parents here understand that by the time a child grows up, you would have saved his life a thousand times. And he wouldn't know. He's crawling into fire. He, he looks attractive. Just Praise the Lord. So, my wife came in and saw what was going on. When Nadia was crawling to the edge again, she said, oh, go down there. You know, 
And I got this. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the girl was free, you know. It's a big bed, seven by seven, just crawling around. But as soon as she was getting to the edge, praise the Lord. As free as men are. Check in history. The men who went overboard. Ask Nebuchadnezzar. Ask Pharaoh. Ask Herod. They may be doing wickedness. And they are free too. But there are boundaries that they were never to cross. Do you understand what I'm saying? So man is only free within the boundaries of the sovereignty of God. So you say, my life on earth is a product of my choice. But even the earth <laughs> has a destiny. This is what I mean. Once the earth was destroyed by water. And God has vowed never to destroy the earth by water again. But the Bible makes it abundantly clear. Second Peter 3, 7. That the earth will be destroyed by fire. So the earth has a destiny. So this earth will be destroyed. There will be a new heaven. There will be a new earth. The question is, where will you be? So you are free to determine where you will be. But your freedom has not obstructed the destiny of the earth. Do you understand what I'm saying? Your freedom is still within the sovereignty of God. If any man believes in Jesus, he will not perish but have everlasting life. Now that's a choice. You can do what you want. The fact that you can do what you want does not mean God is not sovereign. The proof of his sovereignty is, it is only by faith in Jesus that you will be saved. Praise the name of the Lord. So the point is this. You can see a generation full of folly. A lot of people failing. And in the midst of that, the sovereignty of God is still intact. So the question has never been God's ability to influence, you know, the future of certain people. The question is, why doesn't it happen to everybody? It's now as if you can choose to live either a natural destiny or a supernatural destiny. Praise the Lord. Do you understand what I'm saying? Think of Joseph. The proof of free will. His brothers hate him, hate him or hated him. God didn't make them hate him. Haters will be haters. Amen. But here's the thing. The Bible says from the onset, they determined to kill him. And so, as he was approaching, they said, here comes the dreamer. He says, we will kill him and see what will become of his dreams. People are wicked, though. Wickedness did not start today. I mean, they made that statement. We will kill him and see what will become of his dreams. Hallelujah. But just as they were about to kill him, maybe coincidentally, someone just said, let's not kill him. Let's throw him into a well. The well did not have any water. 
It was just dry. So they threw him into the well to starve and die. Someone says, what will it benefit us if we leave him here to starve and die? Because as, just as they are throwing him into the well, coincidentally, some Ishmaelites were passing slave traders just at that moment. And so, oh, we have an idea. Instead of just kill him and not make any money, let's sell him. Coincidentally. Praise the name of Jesus. What is it about some people that make coincidences happen like that? Repeatedly. Praise the name of the Lord. He was still very young when he dreamt. He saw a vision. He knew he was going to rule. He saw the sun, the stars, bowing. You know, he told his brothers, they were angry. And in the expression of their free will, they confirmed the sovereign plan of God. There is that interplay in the world. And just in case you think that's incredible, that's not even incredible. Or it's not as incredible as what I'm about to say. It's incredible for a young man to, to dream and know in a dream that he was going to be a ruler. That's incredible. But you know what's more incredible? Abraham had the same dream. Look at Genesis chapter 15. Are you with me today? I didn't quite plan to read, read this, but it will bless you. Hallelujah. Verse 13. Are you there? And he said unto Abraham, Know for a shorty that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs. And shall serve them, and they shall afflict them 400 years. What type of prophecy is this? You thought it was phenomenal that Joseph saw what was going to happen decades after. This is something that will happen centuries after. Abraham saw it. So in this vision... Abraham saw Joseph, saw the famine, saw the plenty, saw the children of Israel coming there to stay, saw Pharaoh changing his heart, saw the slavery, saw the deliverance. Are you getting what I'm saying? What, don't forget the topic. Can God influence the future of his people? Hallelujah. He said, Abraham, know for surety. Take it from me. <laughs> ha, yeah, yeah. Are you with me today? Yes, sir. He says, and also that nation whom they shall serve, I will judge. And afterwards, shall they come out with great substance? And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. 
Thou shalt be buried in a good old age. Hallelujah. It says, but in the fourth generation, they shall come hither again. They shall come where? You see, the, K, the KJV will not help you understand what he's saying. He says, they will come here. So that promised land you, were, you had been hearing, God took Abraham there. He was right there. And he told him what will happen in the next about 600 years. And said, when all that is happening is happening, they will come here. Are you with me? Can God influence the future of his people? After all this journey is all leading to this place where you stand. Say loud, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Just worship him for a few seconds. Worship him. Daily as I live, often as I breathe, my whole life is an expression of your grace. Sing it prophetically. Come on. Daily as I live, often as I breathe, my whole life. Sing with conviction. Daily as I live. Often as I breathe. Oh my. Sing daily as I live. My whole life. Because it's true, worship him and say, We cry, we cry, Abba Father. Hello, hello, it be your name, oh God. Whoa, hey, I cry, I cry, I cry. Hey, hello, it be your name, oh. Your name, hallowed be, hallowed be. We cry, our Father. Yeah. Hallowed, hallowed be. Your name, hallowed be. One more time. I cry. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. For the Lord says, as you hear my word, you step into the realm of prophecy and its fulfillment. A realm beyond the natural. A realm of possibilities. A realm where there are supernatural factors playing for the fulfillment of the dest- of your destiny. A realm of angels. And right now, your eyes are open to see. And as your eyes are open to see, says the Lord, the limitations disappear. The restrictions disappear. Because there are options 
and provisions in my plans, says the Lord. Just thank him right now. Thank him right now. Thank him right now. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Alright, turn your Bibles now. Isaiah chapter 46, verse 9. Isaiah chapter 46, verse 9. You know, the angel of the Lord appeared to Mary and said, you will have a child. Before this happened, her cousin Elizabeth had had an encounter, or specifically her husband, and Elizabeth, who was old, also took him. Praise the Lord. But Elizabeth did not tell anybody. She must have been African. She kept it quiet. She kept it a secret. She did not reveal it to anybody. But Mary had an encounter. And in that encounter, the angel did not only tell her she was going to have a child. She said, your cousin also is with child. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. So now, Mary goes to visit Elizabeth and she's ready to say, Oh, you sly girl. I know your secret already. So you thought you could hide this from me. But the moment she knocks on the door, don't forget, Mary thinks she has something on Elizabeth. Elizabeth has nothing on her. Elizabeth doesn't know that Mary is going to have a child. But Mary knows that Elizabeth is pregnant. But the moment Mary knocks on her door and she hears the salutation, the Bible says the child in Elizabeth's womb did a somersault. And Elizabeth was filled with the Spirit and she said, it says, what kind of favor do I have that the mother of my Lord has come to visit me? What a friendship. Do you understand what I'm saying? What type of life is this? Have those days gone? Praise the name of Jesus. This text you're about to read, highlight it in your Bible, if it is not highlighted. Pay attention now. It says, Isaiah 46 verse 9, right? It says, remember the former things of old. You know, there are times God says, forget. <laughs> but this one is saying, remember, because now he's talking about his capabilities. His works in the days of old. He says, recollect. Don't forget who I am. He's about to make a boast. He said, remember the things of old. For I am God. There is none else. I am God and there is none like me. He says, I declare the end from the beginning. Do you know what this means? The word translated declare means to report. It, do, just imagine you tune into the television and you see a newscaster reading the news for five years time. So, and he's reading it as if it has already happened. That's what God says he does. He says, I announced the end from the beginning. Are you getting this? Don't forget what we're talking about. Can God influence the future of men? 
He says, hey, glory to God. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, what? The things that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do my pleasure. Verse 11, everybody read together and read it prophetically one to go. Calling the ravenous bird from the east, the man that executed my counsel from a far country. Yea, I have spoken it. I will bring it to pass. I have proposed it. I will also do it. Think of what he's saying. He says, I can bring a ravenous bird from the east to do my counsel. He says, I can bring a man from a far country to execute my counsel. Praise the Lord. You know what I'm doing with right now? I'm opening your spirit to possibilities in God. Listen, you have tried. You have hustled like a natural man. And, and listen, there is honor in labor. But I'm letting you know there are factors behind the scene. Now, God is bragging. He said, I can bring men from a far country to execute my counsel. He's not telling you what he has not done before. He has several times. Several times. Look at how Melchizedek and Abraham met. Look at, I can give you example upon example. Hallelujah. A man from a far country. And come and favor you. Did you hear what I said? From a far country. So, it's is only now a matter of is God interested? Because he can do it. You can literally wake up tomorrow a billionaire. Do you understand what I'm saying? And there has never been a time where it is so Im- important that you follow the leading of God. There's never been such a time. Because now, okay, for instance, many of the top jobs today will not be existent in the next 30 years. They will not exist at all. Who remembers the time it was a job to open door for people in eateries? It was a job. Now doors open on their own. You come and they lift up your heads, oh ye. Praise the Lord. Things are changing. Three days ago, there was a competition. There's a, there's a video game that had a competition. The competition was so big, the stadium was full. And the winner of the game, a 16-year-old boy, won $3 million. Game. I'm letting you know, eh? Are you paying attention to what I'm saying? How much is $3 million? Just roughly one billion naira, just roughly. Hallelujah. When we were young, when you are playing game, your parents will flog you. See, I am letting you know the dynamics of the divine leading in such a way that God will put you somewhere now, and you will be doing something everybody thinks is foolish. Meanwhile, that's the focus of the future. So I'm letting you know, don't just follow the crowd. If God puts you somewhere, stay there. Check the greatest people in history. Great opportunities met them prepared. That's what happened. 
So, um, there's a book, Outliers, you know. And they were, they were just saying how that quote-unquote by chance, some of the greatest people found themselves in the right time and they had the right skill sets to meet certain opportunities. So, Bill Gates just happened to go to attend the only school that had mainframe computer, the only school at that time. And then the person in charge of the room happened to like him and gave him pass to go and pra practice. Praise the name of Jesus. No matter how much gifting you have to play the keyboard, you won't discover it if you don't have keyboard. You, you can't learn with book. Do you understand what I'm saying? So there is, there, is a, there, is, there is something about what you are capable of and opportunity. Both have to align. Praise the name of Jesus. Follow the leading of the Spirit. Follow the leading of the Spirit. Did you hear what I said? You're welcome, sir. Please put your hands together for Pastor Christopher Bassi. My dear, 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 one of my few friends in Abuja. Thank you for coming. Hallelujah. So let's read that again. It says, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like, please forgive me. You're welcome, ma. His wife is here also. The Holy Ghost corrected me. Hallelujah. Verse 10. It says, declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do my pleasure. Calling the ravenous bird from the east, the man that executed my counsel from a far country. Yea, I have spoken it. I will bring it to pass. I have proposed it. I will also do it. Say loud, amen. All right, so from what I've shown you, <laughs> there is the natural destiny of man, and then there's the sovereignty of God. And when you look at it, what made Moses special? What made David special? What made all the saints of old special? Nothing. Except for the fact that they were involved with the purpose of God. So, now, I'm, I've answered the question, definitely from what you saw, God can influence the future of his people. The question now is, how? How? And when you study the word of God, you see God's commitment to his own plan. Did you hear that? His commitment to his own plan. Moses wasn't special. Abraham wasn't special. The reason why God entered Abimelech's room to confront him is because, by prophecy, this couple was meant to birth a nation. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it's through that nation that the Messiah was to be, was, was to be birthed. And so that was God defending his own plan. In fact, when you see Abraham, you, you see him indifferent. God is telling him, you will have many children. God, Abraham is like, let each man live before you. <laughs> so God is the one saying, no, look at the stars. God is trying to sell a dream to him. Do you understand what I'm saying? The moment he bought it, oh my God. Nothing could stop him. 
Hallelujah. And that's what Romans 9 explains. So, I, 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 I don't have time to explain it. It says that the purpose of God according to election might stand. Hallelujah. He says, it is not of him that wills. It is not of he that runneth. It is of God that shows. So, he's explaining Abraham. He's explaining David. He's explaining. Da- what I'm telling you, David knew it. Second Samuel 7. Listen. Like I said, I'm showing you the greatest secret of my life. Can I tell you something? There is nothing I'm doing now I'm struggling to do. Praise the name of Jesus. Nothing. It's just prophecy. Prophecy brought me here. And so, I'm showing you why my life is effortless. I'm telling you all I know. Praise the name of Jesus. Are you ready for 2 Samuel 7? David the wise man. <laughs> Some of you will learn to talk like this when I'm done. Hallelujah. Alright, background of the story. David was very prosperous. One day he's just having a cool time. So he looks out of his window. He sees the ark of God and he says, I'm in a big house. The ark of God is outside. Let me build a house for God. So God took time to remind him. <laughs> it's like, oh, you got some money now. <laughs> and God speaks like a sovereign ruler. He says, I picked you up when you were a shepherd boy, watching few flock. That's what God said. I wish I could read the whole thing. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Look at verse 8. Now therefore, so thou shalt tell my servant David, thus says the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheep courts, from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people, over Israel. (laughs) You see that? He says, and I was with thee, whithsoever thou wentest, and I've cut off thine enemies from thy sight, and I've made thee a great name. Like, like unto the name of the great men that are in the earth. He tells you why in the next verse. He says, moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel. And will plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own. And move no more. Neither shall the children of wickedness afflict them anymore as before time. Listen, this is the prophecy at work. So David only found himself in a place, in a position. Can I tell you something? A lot of people have wondered why even Pharaoh will dream. Dreamt about the the prophecy, the economic situation of his country for the next 14 years. Why did Pharaoh dream? It's because God is so committed to his plan that anybody, believer or unbeliever, who finds himself in a position for the fulfillment of that plan, he will be used. He will be used. Why did he dream? Why did Nebuchadnezzar dream? 
So, so he's, he's, he's letting David know, I like you, yeah, but don't be flattered. This is about my plan. And you became important the moment you became a part of this plan. In such a way that God did not call Lot. He called Abraham. But as long as Lot was with Abraham, he prospered. Do you understand what I'm saying here? So now Lot is feeling happy. Oh, look at my property. Look at my... His servants are fighting with Abraham's servants. Instead of him to warn them. I say, what's it? What's it? You know, okay, say, let's, let's go our separate ways. You have money, I have money. Hallelujah. And as Lot turned his back to go, on the mountain, the Lord told Abraham, he said, look, north, south, east, west, as far as your eyes can see, to the place that Lot is going and beyond, he says, I will give you. It is not of he that willeth, nor of he that runneth, but of God. Can I tell you something? A lot of people wonder why I'm humble and I'm not giving myself credit. There is every tendency I will be like this forever. The reason is, I know there is nothing I am doing that is making this church grow. The month where this church, where the AC was not working, the church grew more. How can I tell people outside? They won't believe me. Did you hear what I said? You remember that time now? You know, the fairy furnace. We were forming four Hebrew boys. I mean, three Hebrew boys. You know, we're doing a fourth man in the fire. <laughs> you know, the church grew more. You know, in one of the times I was greeting first timers, in my mind I said, they won't come next week. It was too hot. I saw them the next week. I saw them the week after. I said, so. Something prophetic is happening here. Hallelujah. And so, God has defeated my ego. I will never look at a pastor and undermine him because of what I have. Because I know, what I'm showing you is what I know. It's all prophetic. I'm, it's God's plan. I'm just privileged to be a part of it. Listen. I am telling you the secret to an effortless life. Praise the name of Jesus. There is a pool of Bethesda. Nothing personal. No, God is not looking at anybody. He will stay it. Anybody that jumps, you are healed. That's how the plan of God is. I have my plan. If you align to it, you will prosper. You will, because the plan is unstoppable. If you are a part of that plan, you are unstoppable. Praise the Lord. So, the moment Joseph finds himself as part of the story in the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham, he cannot be killed. He cannot. His brothers wanted to kill him. They said no. We'll throw him into the gutter. They said no. He cannot. The only thing that can be done to him will further fulfill the prophecy. That's all. So anyways, and this is the first key to living this effortless life. Number one is, you have to selflessly surrender 
to the divine purpose of God in the gospel. Selflessly surrender to the divine purpose of God in the gospel. God is not committed to man outside his salvation plan. He has no commitment to you outside salvation. He says he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Listen, that's his purpose. Praise the name of Jesus. Anything you try to make up on your own. So the moment you align, you become dangerous. Praise the name of Jesus. In such a way that when Paul is coming to arrest you, Jesus will appear and say, calm down. Chill, calm down from your high horse. Literally. (laughs) Jesus knocked him down. He said, it's it's hard. It's, It's a hard thing to kick against the pricks. So that tells you that the reason why this work of ministry has continued to our, till our day is not because Paul was brilliant. It's not because Peter was brilliant. It, Jesus said it's not possible. You, you, you are trying to do what cannot be done. You can't stop these guys. Did you hear what I said? One of the greatest mysteries of our ministry, you know, there was a meeting. The Lord said we should hold. The school said we will not hold it. So someone in the management came. The meeting was holding. He was at the back. He said, tell that man to drop the mic. Ah, <laughs> the, the person that he told, he said, he said, sir, I can't say it. So that was like, what do you mean? Tell, he told another person, tell him to drop the mic. Told three people where nobody was interested. He was walking fiercely to the front. But as he got to the front, till today, I don't know what happened. I didn't get the opportunity to, exp- to ask him, so I don't know. As he got to the front, he shook the person on the left, shook the person on the right, and joined the service. So, me, I, I was preaching. I didn't know what happened. So, when I saw him, I said, oh, let's recognize him. I finished preaching. I gave him the mic to round off. He was, he was prophesying. He was blessing everybody. It's a hard thing to kick against the pricks. Praise the name of Jesus. Hard thing. There was a woman that tried to stop us. Tried her very best. So, I graduated from this school. The Lord said to go to another school. I had a conference there. Miracles were happening. So, I retreated to the guest house in the school. So, as I was opening my door... (laughs) She was about to enter the next door too. She was in the same guest house. Our rooms were beside each other. She saw me. She couldn't hide the shock. That you again? <laughs> and God just used it as a sign to show her that you're trying to block someone from one school when I've given him all the schools. She said, oh, what are you doing here? I said, I, said, I just finished a conference. It's a hard thing. Praise the name of Jesus. You can't stop yourself. In fact, if you stop Joseph, you stop yourself. If, if the brothers were successful in killing Joseph, they had killed themselves. They would have died of hunger. So when we understand prophecy, we will all be humble. 
Because we understand that the blessing of God on your neighbor is for your benefit too. You may not understand why now, but it is. So you'll be happy for people. you stop the competition. You'll be happy. Celebrate people. You won't die. Stop beefing. Somebody shared the story of the miracles that were happening in school. You know, which are child's play now, by, by the grace of God. He shared it with some, a, a spiritual leader who had graduated. He, he was so sure the person would be happy. He said, ah, we had a meeting. This healing happened. Someone that Wicklow had chopped off his finger. The fingernail grew in the service. The person said, you know, there is an atmosphere in the school that makes those things happen. He, he told the person, he said, watch, when he graduates, those things will stop. Praise the Lord. There's a modern language for such people. Haters. Haters. And God likes haters. He likes to prove a point to them. Praise the Lord. Consecration to the divine plan of God. Consecration. Can I tell you something? If you put your energy where God is moving, you will not drown. Hallelujah. That's number one. Number two, which I said we would talk about, but I just wanted to give you the background. Of course, it's prayer. I said two weeks ago that we have a privilege, a technology in God. In the Holy Ghost. The Bible says, we don't know what to pray for as we ought. I I asked you, I said, imagine what your prayer life would be if you knew what you were meant to do next year and so you could pray about it. The first thing is, you think you are too lazy to pray. It's because (laughs) there's no motivation. If you know what God wants to do, you will pray. You will pray well. They will beg you to balance it. So imagine if you could pray the will of God every time you prayed. And now the Bible says that the Spirit of God helps us. He bears us up. Hallelujah. That weakness, that inability in ourselves to pray the will of God all the time, is as the Spirit of God makes up for that. Hallelujah. He takes us up in our groaning. And that's what tongues does. Even though there is an immediate context in Romans chapter, that Romans chapter 8 that I read, I don't believe it actually concerns tongues. You are wondering why. Tongues is an utterance gift. It says this one is groanings that cannot be uttered. If it cannot be uttered, it's not talking about tongues. Praise the Lord. But the fact there is, you see the Holy Spirit helping you in your inability to pray as you ought. Hallelujah. And so now Paul is explaining the tongues gift. He said, when a man prays in an unknown tongue, his spirit prays. His understanding is unfruitful. Before that time, before the advent of the spirit, prayer always involved the mind. Oh, I look around. I see lack. God, give me bread. Give me bread. Give me bread. You are praying based on what your mind can perceive. But now he's saying there is now... An avenue for a direct connection from your spirit to God. 
so that the needs that you really have, the things that you really ought to be doing, you can pray about it. The Holy Spirit, He will make that direct connection in such a way that every time you pray in the Spirit, you never pray amiss. And you always pray the will of God. What an advantage. What an advantage. Hallelujah. Mark my words. A lot of you from today, as you pray, you will see visions. And you will write them down. I'm telling you, many of the key decisions of this ministry, they came like that. I will literally start writing. I will just get up. (laughs) Most of my famous to-do lists came whilst I was praying. People to call, places to go, things to do. I'm talking about a realm of supernatural creativity. Praise the name of Jesus. Supernatural creativity. Thank you, Father. So as you pray today, like I said, your spirit is open (laughs) to new frontiers. You become aware that you can... One moment, you just, I, I was watching, there was a song God gave me, I taught the Lagos church. I was watching the clip today, and I said, it occurred to me, I am yet to write a song. I, I've never written a song before. The way the songs come, the whole thing, I sing it, I record it. Verse 1, verse 2, verse 3, chorus. I, I don't, I hardly say, okay, what do I put here now? Are you listening to what I'm saying? There are abilities. Two, two of the finest gospel rap um, artists in this country, they sat together. They were listening to one of our songs. One of them was almost in tears, speak, speaking in tongues. She was not. You know, so when I saw that, I said, no, but I've not taken a course on songwriting till date. I don't know any of the principles. And I was with a producer. And he, he said, let me share with you a song I just wrote. He was singing it. And I said, okay, in this place, do it like this. He did it. The song changed. He said, ah, and there is a principle in music. What you just said. He said I said, hey. I didn't know. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you can dream like Joseph. And know things. Hallelujah. Is the spirit of leadership. Supernatural direction. Some of you, he will, he will corner you to focus on something. Everybody will be mocking. Hallelujah. But that's the secret of your life. Are you ready? Say with me as I pray now. My spirit is open to possibilities. To supernatural advantage. As I pray... My destiny is aligned to divine prophecy. Places to go. Things to do. With whom they must be done. There is clarity in my life. So now, I don't want you to just start speaking. Pay attention. There is a compass inside you. Do you understand? Bring it out and look at it. That's what I'm asking you to do. So pray in the spirit now.
thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809 996 7000. Blessings.